Super Talk Mississippi media production. So joining me now on the podcast, one of our old friends, John Hale, now with the Lexington Herald leader up there in Kentucky. He's been covering the Wildcats a long time, been a multiple-time guest here on the podcast. We will not bring up the struggles of Liverpool, I promise. Who is bad? Beyond this one thing that I just brought up. Other than that, though, we won't we won't bring it up. Um, I guess we'll just cut right to the chase and, and ask you to give us as much of a status update on Will Levis as you possibly can. Yeah, I think he's going to play this week is my gut. Um, we've been told he was back at practice. Uh, we saw him yesterday that we have to stand outside their practice field waiting for interviews afterwards, but you can kind of see through the bars at times. He was definitely practicing, so that is not a ruse. He was not wearing his walking boot anymore, which he was wearing all of last week. Rich Gangarell, the offensive coordinator, after Tuesday practice, said that he was trending in the direction they wanted him to trend, but still day-to-day. So I, I think he's going to play. Uh, I don't think it's a final decision yet, but it seems like all indications so far is he'll probably be out there. How effective he is, if he's limited at all, that I don't know. That, that's really the, the next question is, how good can Kentucky be with a limited Will Levis? Well, probably better than they were without him at all last yeah. week. I mean, clearly the offense was just you know completely inept, basically, with a backup quarterback who had never thrown a, a pass in a college game before Saturday. They went real conservative, especially after the first play against South Carolina. They tried to reverse to get the ball to Barry and Brown in space. It got blown up. They fumbled on the two-yard line uh, on the next play. So from that point on, they just went very vanilla to try and stay in the game, which worked for the most part. But then when they got behind in the fourth quarter and you had to play catch-up, they just were not capable of doing that. So I think a limited Will Levis is definitely better than what we saw last week. Um, I assume that he probably gets some sort of cortisone shot in his foot or something if he needs it to play through um, on Saturday. So I, I think if he's available to go, um, you're, you're pretty confident that he can give you close to what he normally is. The problem is they have not been very good protecting the quarterback all year. So if he takes another hit, if he takes an, gets sacked a few more times, is there a concern about you know the injury getting worse? And, and that is something that we'll just have to wait and see. You know, when I think about Kentucky over this great stretch that Stoops has had up there and, and those teams, being physical up front and having a really good offensive line is one of the first things I think about. And this year's offensive line, there's no getting around it. They're just bad. They have not played well this year. They haven't protected the quarterback. Kentucky can't run the ball. They're behind Mississippi State in rushing yards this year uh, for, for you know, per game average. State's an air raid team. Why is this offensive line all of a sudden so bad? Yeah, there's a few things at work. The rushing numbers – in their defense, have gotten better the last two weeks since Chris Rodriguez came back from his four-game suspension. So that that part of it has at least shown some improvement. In terms of why they haven't been very good overall, though, um, I think you can start to look at they've had three different offensive line coaches in three years. Obviously, John Schlarman, the guy who built this success in the offensive line, built the big blue walls, they like to call themselves, died two years ago after a, a prolonged battle with cancer. That did not help things by any means in terms of their momentum in that room. Um, Eric Wolford, who's now the offensive line coach at Alabama, was here last year. He left after the end of the year. That didn't help, I don't think. Uh, they needed to go out and find a guy in the transfer portal uh, to help it tackle this summer and just couldn't do it. Uh, Tyler Steen, the guy from Vanderbilt, was a real possibility, and then he went to Alabama with Eric Wolford. And so that didn't help. And then injuries have been a huge problem. I mean, they are already starting five new guys at different positions than a year ago. 
two of them were starters for them, but um, Kenneth Horsey was playing left guard. Now he's playing left tackle. And Eli Cox was playing right guard, and now he's playing center. And then your other three spots in the line are all new guys. Take that, and then in camp, three of their projected starters were hurt various times, so they never got a lot of time to gel together. And they've started a different starting five, I think, in four of the six games so far because of injuries adding up during the season. So all of those things kind of combine together, and then you throw in they're their learning a new offense – um, the Rich Scangarello and Zach Yenzer, the offensive line coach who both came from the 49ers, are very insistent on running the wide zone as a part of it. And these guys, it's a new thing for them, a new blocking scheme. And so all of that has created this perfect storm to where they're just not very good right now. Mississippi State, obviously, you know, that's an air raid kind of offense. They're going to throw the ball a ton uh, basically every game. Kentucky's been pretty good against the pass this year. Uh, are, are they are they set up to, to to contain what Mississippi State likes to do offensively? Because I remember, you know, two years ago, they really sort of went with that drop, you know, drop eight rush three thing. And as we saw last week, Mississippi State seems to have figured uh, that particular system out a little bit. Yeah, it's, you look at the last two games between these two teams in, in 2020 when they played here and during the COVID year. Arguably, they did better against Mike Leach's offense than anybody ever. I think they it, it might have been the only game that his teams have never scored in the game. I think the Mississippi State scored on a, on a safety, so it wasn't a shutout, right. but the offense didn't score any points, but I think the first time ever in his tenure. And so it looked like maybe they had figured it out. Then fast forward a year to last year when they play each other, and Will Rogers just picked them apart. I mean, he set, what, the SEC record for completion percentage in a game? He's 36 to 39 or whatever he was last year. And they just could not tackle an open space. And so if you're going to play that strategy, which, to be honest, is Kentucky's strategy most weeks on defense, they want to limit the big plays. They're okay with you dinking and dunking a little bit down the field and uh, as long as they can keep you behind the sticks. Well, if you're going to do that, you got to tackle in space. And they just didn't do it last year. And they were down several key defenders in that game. Injuries were a problem. Their secondary is better this year. Guys like Carrington Valentine, who came back at corner, are a year older and have made serious progress. They added several transfers to the secondary in the summer who are helping out there. But they're also coming off of their worst half defensively probably all season in the second half against South Carolina. So the confidence can't be super high at the moment right now. I mean, I think the potential is there to slow Mississippi State down. I think their defense is pretty good overall. But you got to tackle in space, and that was a problem at times in the second half against South Carolina. So you got to go out there and prove it. You kind of hit on on what my next question was going to be. The Ole Miss game, you have the winning touchdown, you know, washed away by by a penalty, and then you have the turnover. You come home and you, and you lose that game to South Carolina in the fashion that you lost it. You know, this game has been dominated by the home team since 2016. The the road team has not been able to get a win. What's the crowd going to be like up there in Lexington this week? Are they are they still fired up for this team, still excited, or are you, are you concerned that people are going to start to stay away? I think this week it'll still be pretty good. I mean, there's no doubt that there's frustration based on the way the last two weeks have gone, and there was all this preseason hype about contending in the East and going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And theoretically, those things are still possible, but it would require the kind of ter- immediate turnaround that just the way they've been playing the last two weeks doesn't suggest they're capable of right now. But, you know, it's still October in Lexington, which means Keeneland is going and you can do the double or you go to Keeneland during the day and then come to the night game. And that's going to get people out. It's going to be a decent crowd for that reason alone. The weather hopefully will be okay, although I think there's maybe a forecast of rain that could affect things. But in general, I think they will get this week to kind of go out and prove that 
you know, playing without Levis was a fluke and this Ole Miss game, you're one play away from winning anyway. I think fans will give them this week, but if they lose Saturday to Mississippi State and then you have an off week and then basketball season starts and then you're at Tennessee and you don't like your chances in that game, by the time they play at home again, I think definitely people could have checked out by that point. Did the Ole Miss game, did you feel like it, it kind of let the air out of the balloon for Kentucky? Did you expect more bounce back last week than you saw? Yes, for sure. I mean, I think you would hope for that at least, but this has been a problem for them, frankly, for most of Stoops' tenure, that every season they've lost back-to-back games at least once. We saw this in 2018 where they went, they, they hosted Georgia for a winner-take-all game for the SEC East, lost that game at home, then the next week went and posted their worst performance of the season against a bad Tennessee team and lost to Knoxville. Last year, they're 6-0, and playing Georgia on college game day. They lose that game, come out the next week, play really bad against Mississippi State, come out the next week, play really bad against Tennessee, and it's suddenly a three-game losing streak. So they have tended to let these things spiral. I thought they were maybe beyond that because of the way the Ole Miss game happened, that they were so close. And it wasn't like those Georgia games where this big talent gap was exposed. They shot themselves in the foot against Ole Miss. Otherwise, they would have won that game. So I thought they were going to go out and prove that. Will Levis gets hurt, can't practice. I assume that had something to do with kind of the energy levels and and the way that game just looked so lackluster in their performance against South Carolina. Maybe they felt like one too many things to overcome after Levis went down. I don't know. Uh, but um, I thought they would be better, and, and there's really no excuse for not playing better around their backup quarterback than they did last week. We ask this question to whoever we talk to when we do these weekly interviews with, a, with the opposing team. Uh, we, we do a thing every Friday where we, we pick our, our players of the game and we pick an X factor, a guy who we, we say is not going to be the offensive or defensive player of the game, but could make a play or two in the game that really makes a, a big impact. Who's that guy for Kentucky this week? It's a good question. I I think I'd look at Deion Walker, who's their uh, their freshman defensive tackle. He's really, really good right now. I think there's an argument that three years from now, he might be an even better NFL draft prospect than Will Levis is at the moment. Like, he's that talented. I mean, he's huge. He's 6'8", 330 or something like that is what they list him on the roster. And so, like, he has this ability to get in the backfield. And he's not got a bunch of sacks or anything so far, but he's really hard to block. And if Kentucky's defense is going to play – you know, if they're going to slow Mississippi State at, at all, I think they've got to be in the backfield with their just their front three and maybe an extra guy rushing at times. They're not going to bring a bunch of exotic blitzes. So he's a guy that could, I think, affect the way that the time that Will Rogers has to throw. And if they're doing that, I feel much better about their chances of uh, of, of coming out with the win. Intriguing game in Lexington uh, this Saturday night between Mississippi State and Kentucky, which it has been basically the past four or five years. This series has been ultra-competitive, and the winner goes on to a, a great season, and the loser sometimes has to find their way. So we'll see what happens up there uh, Saturday night. John, I always appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.